You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1045 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland. Coming to you on a Monday evening into Tuesday. Before we start the show today, I want to tell you that Chad Ford, Lothan NBA draft host Raphael Barlow, and Lothan NBA host John Corrales will be live this year covering the NBA draft as it happens. It's Lothan NBA draft 2021 brought to you by Built Bar. There's local expert analysis on each and every pick, and you can follow the Locked On NBA feed on YouTube today and watch our live coverage on July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Today's show will be myself and Brian Schroeder for part two of two. Part one dropped on Monday evening into Tuesday, so you can find that in the feed right now. I think it was always supposed to be in the podcast. Brian and I got into the draft for about an hour on today's show, so that's coming up very soon. It was recorded about a week ago, so keep that in mind as well. One note on the news front before we dive in with Brian is that Chris Dunn will be picking up his option for next year, a player option for $5 million. Honestly, this was the expected result. Dunn was a non-factor this year because of injury, playing 45 minutes in the regular season total and 33 in the playoffs. And on Monday, I did a salary cap episode on the same feed, and Dunn, I assumed at the time, was going to be on the team at $5 million under the under the salary cap. So there you go on that. This is expected result and no big surprise here. In terms of the on-court stuff, he's still a high-end defender, to be sure, but offensively, it was really an adventure when he played this year as a result of that. I think locking in the money on his side is the smart thing to do. Now, for the Hawks, we'll see how motivated they are to maybe trade Chris Dunn uh, because Zach Harper of The Athletic reported on Tuesday that the Hawks are already looking to do that potentially. So not a huge surprise there either for him to, for him to not be sort of a part of the team this year and making you know a lot more than the minimum to return would be um, you know not exactly untenable for Atlanta, but certainly a challenge if they wanted to save some money and maybe didn't see a role for him. So we'll see how urgent that is in the coming days. They could trade him by Thursday with the draft. It's a pretty easy time to make trades. But in terms of the role for next year, it's possible Dunn could be on the team still as a very, very small role, defensive specialist type. But obviously they cannot really bank on him, giving them much of anything after this year. And uh, we'll see what the future holds on that momentarily. All right, myself and Brian coming up for more than an hour here talking about the NBA draft. And uh, as far as the podcast is concerned, I will have full coverage of the draft on Thursday night. I'm not sure what the plan is between now and then. This might be the last show between now and the draft, but please stay tuned. Please subscribe to the podcast. I'll have much, much more in the coming days on whoever they pick or trade for or trade out of, all that fun stuff. I will have wall-to-wall coverage Thursday night into Friday and much more. All right, before we get to Brian, a word from our sponsor on today's podcast, and the first of which is Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors that there's something for absolutely everyone? When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're always passionate about their favorites. But if you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're absolutely missing out. They have coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and available this week only. Get the new Built Bar flavor. It's grasshopper cookie. What does it taste like? Well, this is Built Bar's version of the classic thin mint cookie. All the flavor without all of that sugar. 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 5 grams of sugar. My favorite flavor always changes, but this is one of my favorites. It's fantastic. And if you haven't tried all of the flavors just yet, you can get a mixed box where you get to choose. We're going to get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are the Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're also very healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories range from 130 to 180, only 4 or 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 or 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. If you order today and get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like, Built Bar is the place to do that, and it's the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. If you go to BuiltBar.com right now, get 15% off on your next order with the promo code LOCKED15. That's 15% off your next order if you use the promo code LOCKED15. Check it all out at BuiltBar.com. I am again joined by Brian Schroeder. This is part two of our NBA draft discussion. And instead of saving this for the end, I want to start here. The Hawks have the 48th pick, Brian, and a few people in the world do I trust talking about the 48th pick more than you. So uh, you don't have to give me uh, 30 names or anything, but anybody striking you as someone who you think is a combination of potentially available in that range and also undervalued? Because I have a couple that I like. But it's kind of foolhardy to try to figure out who's actually going to be available at 48. But you kind of have an yeah. educated guess, I guess. Quentin Grimes might be around there. I think Quentin Grimes is fine. There's still some concerns about what kind of shooter he can be. He has a weird wrist action. 
like it looks odd and it I think really throws off a shot, but he still takes just a mountain of threes. Pretty good defender, you know, like six five ish. It's a worthwhile guy to have around. I mean, Livers could be around there. I feel like you could probably get Livers undrafted. I don't know if you have to burn a pick on him or like Matt Mitchell or uh, that, that, that is just for the record. That is uh, Michigan's own. Yeah. Livers. Uh, Jordan Shakel's a guy like that. Like you, you, you don't have to. Maybe somebody will because a lot of the uh, six five to six seven shooting wings went back to school, so there might be somebody might have you know somebody might be laser focused, like say the Memphis Grizzlies on that kind of player, and so like they might just take him, you know. And you know, you never know. Some players don't uh, refuse to play in certain places, so they don't get taken. That happened to Terrence Davis, and worked out well for him, as we all know. He'll have a, hopefully have a his long and prosperous NBA career will hopefully be coming to an end fairly soon. Um, yeah, uh, Vrens Blyenberg might be around there. He's interesting. Belgian wing, basically, yeah. kind of big wing, six. Yeah, he's six ten. Yeah, and he can pass and shoot a little. Super confident. Maybe the funny like. <laughs> He name searches a lot on Twitter and it's usually like very, like he just, he'll name it or he'll just search like basically any team that's talking about a second round pick. He'll, he'll retweet it with like, it should be me. <laughs> um, Listen, you got to self promote, man. That's part of, that's part of the, uh, yeah, it's, 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 part a of little, the game. it's a little more, I don't want to say innocent, but it's a little more like, it's a lot. It's not quite his own level where it's just like super cocky. His friends is just very, he wants to play in the NBA very badly. So that's not a guy you take with any – he's going to come over if somebody drafts him. Malcolm Casalone might be around there. I'm just thinking of guys that the, I don't think – I mean, you you can always look to solve the backup point guard issue, but – I mean, not, know, not, not at 48. I mean – I don't know if that guy – yeah, I don't really think – unless somebody really falls. What, what would your philosophy be like? Would you be trying to get someone who might be a role player for you in a year or two, or do you are you someone who aims for upside and even, even that late? Like, what would you be looking for? Like, I think general? at 48, you just kind of got to go with whatever whoever you think is best. I don't like for, for, for example, here, here's two, here's two examples. Like there's on one side, there's like Isaiah Todd, like a, mm-hmm. like a former mm-hmm. five-star ish guy, G legally, like obviously has talent, but you know, there's some bus potential there potentially, you know, not that everyone, everyone that's right. That's bus potential because it's, it's the second round or mm-hmm. you go Isaiah livers, like who is the opposite of that? Like he's an older, lower ceiling for sure, but maybe a higher potential to just like be your fourth forward at some point. I think, I think maybe if you, yeah, I guess if you're a team that just made the conference finals, you'd probably go for a Herb Jones type, Austin Reeves, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I've Uh, seen Herb Jones like late first round mocks. Yeah. I think he might go earlier than that. Herb's good. Uh, He can shoot a little bit now. He was a catastrophically bad offensive player for three years. And then he became a decent one because he had a, a coach who knows what he's doing. Uh, <laughs> um, he also had a, a broken hand in uh, 2019, 2020. He's wearing a big goofy cast on his hand the whole year. So it makes sense. Like, but yeah, they can also go like, if there was, if they were looking for point guard in particular, like what about Rokas? Yeah. Rokas. I don't know what his, uh, Rokas. Uh, is, is he going to stay in? I have no yeah, idea. I, I don't know what his, his situation is. This is two years in a row. Because last he, last year he pulled out near the end as yeah. well. Um, after like not that he was going to go in the first round or anything, but like, David Duke Jr. could be a guy you look at. Although I don't really know if he's all that different from Skylar Mays. Like he's kind of stuck in that not quite point guard. Yeah, I, I actually think Skylar's better than Skylar's better than him. But yeah, Skylar's definitely better defensively. Although David Duke is it's big dude moves pretty well. DJ Stewart is not really a point guard, but no, he's of, a shooter. I mean, he's, I don't know. I'm trying to think of good. I mean, again, no one should be trying to solve your backup point guard was in the second round. That's not a good idea, but it's uh best player available guys. is just If Zegarowski was like a marginally better athlete, I'd say him because he's an exceptional shooter, he very is. smart player. He just is not going to be athletic. Jay, what about like Jason Preston? Yeah, he's not even the guy to go for. I don't think he's going to be there though. I have him kind of, I have him a little lower, but teams love. He'll Jason go. Preston. So yeah, he'll go before that, I think too. I mean, as much as I, I just said, um, there are, there's always uncertainty about who's going to be there or not. There are a couple guys where it's like, why would they have stayed in the draft if they didn't have some sort of not mm-hmm. promise full stop, mm-hmm. but like a, a belief they're going to go in the top forty probably. Io and Josh Primo are those two guys for me. Like Josh Primo is not a point guard anyway, and I'm not. He's. 100%. I mean, I think I think he might go in the first round based yeah, on like what you hear. Um, uh, oh, one guy that I want to mention that I know is an internet favorite, and I also feel this way. What about Joe Wieskamp? Sure. I would take like him. I really like him. Um, I think the Hawks have a track record of using guys with his skill set um, very well. Uh, I've always been an Aaron Henry guy too. If he were to slip that far, yeah, I don't think he will. I don't think so either. But I, I've I've 
I, I just want to I, I wanted I wanted to be on the record that I like a Michigan State guy and I really do like. State <laughs> State. So, um, the thing is, the Hawks is they'd be almost no point in taking a, a like a power forward center that at that point like that guy wouldn't play. Well, I mean that's kind of the thing all the way through, especially with any true big. The it's only guy in this. Go, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was gonna say the only the only true big in the whole class that I think like could end up on the Hawks is like if Kai Jones fell to twenty, mm-hmm. just because if they just fell in love with the tools and like at least in theory you could play him with the Kongwu because he does have um a, at least a potential to be a more varied skill set guy. Oh, like, he can all, shoot. Kai yeah. Jones can shoot. And he can all, shoot off dribble. He can shoot around screens if he has. I don't know. I mean, off dribble, but he can shoot like actually shoot not like stand in a spot and then fire up a shot once in a while yeah, yeah for, for, for the record that that was that was first round that's like around <laughs> so people aren't confused um but yeah i in general yeah bigs are bigs are, i mean if they just love somebody that's a big in the second round if someone fell to them that they thought was going to be long gone by then like if dayron sharp got to 48 he's not gonna but if they just thought like all right this is by far the best guy available yeah yeah, yeah. they could they could do it at 48 because like you're just hoping that guy makes the roster at some point, you know what I mean. But when you do that, you're you're doing. I'm, I'm torn if I want to call it Yudoka Azabukiing or Daniel Oturing, but like, but those but those were first rounders though. That's the thing. But yeah, but those guys were way higher, and those guys like the, the Jazz said they were second on their board, and it's like, which they, is that's that's ludicrous. But yeah, um, um, I guess one the one guy I really want to point out is a guy I'm a huge fan of and have been for a long time, Joel Iai. Oh yeah, awesome. I'm a I huge. He's not quite a point guard, but he could play with Trey in a way that like none of the other backup point guard style guys could. He is a tailor-made third guard for the NBA to me, third or fourth guard. He could also play with Herder and that would be enough ball handling too. Oh yeah. 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 He's like, he's a good passer. Um, He's an excellent defender. He can really shoot. He's a great, I'm not good. Great guard rebounder. Like I, I think he will win the NBA for a long time. He's a very good basketball player. Didn't he average like, 10 rounds for 40 minutes or something crazy. Yeah, like he, it's seven per game as a six foot four guy, which is as a six foot four guy on on a team that had Drew Timmy and, and Kispert and Suggs and all these like good, like it wasn't like he was. Yeah. It's like I like Jason Preston, but Jason Preston averaged seven rebounds a game on Ohio University. It's like that's not. Well, and he was, you know, their their guy on both ends and did whatever he wanted to do and, and yeah, with, a, yeah. with a good reason. Yeah, I, just, I looked this up. Um, a career in three seasons. 8.8 rebounds per 40 minutes mm-hmm. as a 6-4 guard, 6-5. 6-4. That's pretty crazy on a team that had size the entire time the entire time he was there. Yeah, so. like Philip Philip Petrusev was there. Yeah. Uh, who was there his first year? There was another big there. Like he's de- he's definitely a role player, but that's what you want in this range, obviously. Yes. So um I've always liked him a lot. I think I would consider him late in the first round. Yes. Um, I don't think anybody's gonna take him in the first round, but I think he'll probably be gone by, by the time the Hawks pick 48, but um, you would assume. Oh, uh, Brandon Clark is who I was thinking of. Oh, yeah, and, just the, just the guy Hachimura, you Hachimura was in there. I was thinking of who was there his first year. Oh, yeah, they've had they've had they've had size the entire time. <laughs> That's yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. There's all kinds of names we can get into it for you. I mean, I think the moral of the story is you're just trying to find somebody you can use two years from now or even mm-hmm. next year mm-hmm. like no one at 48 can you bank on playing next season especially on a team that's trying to win as the hawks clearly are no, but like that, for, i think the general rule is 45 is usually where a draft ends yep but so that's not that far past that you can't get players no like, you can't i mean la, la, they like skyler Mace. i mean not in a like we're gonna value him excessively but they got him on a two-way i think if i had to bet i think he'll be on a regular contract next year because um, they'll be making the minimum and will be cheap to help them with tax stuff if they need to avoid the tax and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a good example of how they might use 48. Like try to get somebody that will sign a two-way, um, see what they got for a year. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And that's what you do at 48. Like you're just trying to find a guy. I mean, Nico Mannion was 48 last year. It's a five-star recruit. I mean, Mays was Mays was 50. And I was like, Terrence really, Mann was really 48 two years ago. Yeah. I mean, Terrence Mann is like the MVP of the league. After, after, after the and then also Kate of H job was 48. So like, you know, and he fell all the way. I mean, he was supposed to go in the first round mm. until like the night of the draft. And it was like, why isn't he been drafted anywhere? Uh, oh. And he wasn't. Cause he can't move his knees. Uh, Paul Zipser was 48. So that's, that tells you the, the pedigree and honor of that position. <laughs> Paul 
awesome sir um, also tried to retire from basketball i think I mean, oh, okay I, didn't, I, I don't know, know why i'm looking at him but there you yeah, go he's, he's sick he had something wrong i feel bad for him. somebody somebody could fall to 48 but like i just want to make sure we said some names oh here's one that you have hired i forgot we hadn't talked about him this is, good. This is actually a good bridge into the conversation about the number 20 pick um you have dacian nicks considerably higher than 48 mm-hmm. but i have you know he's pretty low on some mainstream thing i i wonder if a guy like him might fall to 48 yes um i would take and, him immediately if that's your question and that's why well, yeah, I, I thought you i thought you would but also like he won't be able to help them next year but that's not why you take nation nicks i don't know though i don't know because he's physically like powerful he's well, gonna he, he is, it's more it's more about the where the hawks are not like he couldn't yeah. help anybody in the second round but if you're the hawks you're not gonna put that guy in your rotation what are you trying to what you're trying to win the title next year which is what yeah. they're gonna be trying to do um but to that point, like Dishon Nix, by the way, if you don't know who that who he is, was a fight was you know at least a the high four third star, five G League guy. He's yeah, the star. third G League guy, uh, third third slash fourth along with Isaiah Todd. Those were the four guys that were there. Um, it kind of had a weird season, and f- his stock fell a long way. But now he's be rebounding a little bit. People starting to like him more than they were. His stock fell a long way because he shot eighteen percent in three. Is that bad? But he um, he was the full time like he only played with the he didn't play with Green and Kaminga very often. He played more with Jarrett Jack than he did with those guys. And he also, interesting fact about Dacia Nix, not only does he have the lowest amount of uh, of, honest, of, of uh, assisted makes, I don't think he had a single assisted make inside the arc the entire season. Like, he did, He had the ball all the whole time. Wasn't he going to UNC? Am I crazy? UCLA. UCLA. Who was going guy, to UCLA? Oh, never mind. He, he's the it. guy who made uh, Mick Cronin lose his mind because he was... <laughs> And then, and then they went to the final four. So yep. there you go. And they're probably going to they have a strong chance to next year. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, but yeah, no, Nick's, Nick's is interesting because like, I'm not saying that this isn't possible, but I know, I think you were higher on him than most. Let's just say that. Um, but that's a name that popped he's out to me when I was, when I was looking. His numbers are weird. Uh, he's, he, like, he's, he's also six. He's also what? Six, five, six, four. He's like fat. Like there's no he's other way to pretty, say it. Yeah, he's pretty he's big. big. He's not in great shape, but. Um, interesting kind of archetype for if the if the Hawks wanted to take a guy with some real pedigree, like he was a five star last year. Yeah, that would be interesting. To he me. is probably I think he is pretty easily the fourth or fifth best passer in this class, and there's really only four or five, maybe Sugg. So it was like six: it was Cade, Sharif Cooper, uh, Giddy, Suggs, Scotty Barnes, Nicks. He's in that group. Terrific passer. That sounds uh, pretty good to me in general. Mm-hmm. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models in the car or truck world, it's now impossible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why would you endure often pointless questioning from someone at a storefront and have to wait while someone at the counter orders the parts on the computer, only choosing the brand that the warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com right now, both at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com is family business, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for all the audio and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need. Just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is uniquely and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your car and choose the brands, specs, and prices that you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. And from there, you went right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box to know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Let's get to 20. So in, in general, knowing where the Hawks are, uh, you know what they have. They're definitely trying to win, all that stuff. How would you approach 20? Is it simple best player available, or is there a little bit of nuance there for you at that spot? Best player available, unless it's like a straight center, which it really would only be Kai Jones. and He's kind of a, kind of a hybrid guy anyway. What about like Sengun? Sengun, however you say his name. Because <sighs> he's, a, he's a center. I think he's going to be gone, by the way, anyway. Yeah, so he will. The, the tricky thing with him, I think, is that he has an obvious and immediate role in the NBA, and that role is going to be destroying second unit centers, like just scoring like Will on them. The problem is, is I, he's not going to – he is not going to be ready to play in playoffs, like play playoff defense for a while, if ever. Like he's kind of a – like he's he might be worse than Canner. As like a pick and roll defender. Oh, good Lord. Worse than Canner. That was, that, was that was one heck of a way to start that sentence was worse than Canner. Um, like he's a disastrously bad pick and roll defender, and they, he did not play in a very good league. His like advanced numbers 
make him look like he's going to be Jokic. And, like, he could be very good. Like, I think there's a chance he could end up being, like, Sabonis-level good. It's just, like, there's going to have to be a lot. Sabonis is, like, a, a very ta- good tactical defender. Like, he makes good choices on one defend. He compensates. And Senjin footwork is like, d- d- dire. He doesn't have length. He doesn't have size. But he will have a role in the NBA fairly quickly. Like, I think Brooklyn might look at him like that. Just be like, you are a bench scoring big. Like, you come off the bench and you score. Well, and, and at, at a certain he's point, very good draft. at that. Yeah, he can pass and he can handle a little bit too. And like, like, he's a good basketball player. He's very young. Yeah, I was going to say, all the transitions love him. And I don't want to go down that road all the way about the Hawks. I just wanted to just like, he's the only other guy that's like a consensus top 20 guy mm-hmm. that is kind of a center like he is the center but i don't know if he's actually a, i don't know it's a very weird i think, I think he's i think he's probably the only true center in this till you get into the 40s well like yeah i mean ha- people, has to be a center. I, I know that people like isaiah jackson as more of a center um than a four, I, but, but isaiah jackson's kind of a uh nerlinzy kind of guy like, well and you know if you're the hawks you can't at least in my mind i, I could not take jackson or sharp at 20 just because no. of having 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 a oh yeah sharp's the other guy sorry having sharp's having sorry. Capella and a Kongwu like you just can't I, I think you can't and do of it. course and of course Nathan Knight well I, I like Nathan Knight but uh, <laughs> you know but all that to say like you it's who not else likes Nathan Knight Hawks fans Nathan Knight yeah no that's that's fun um he's gonna be he's gonna uh he if he he will have a, like a twenty eight point game at summer league. I oh, I have a guaranteed. I have a genuine appreciation for how Nate Knight tries to dunk everything. And he everything. really does everything. I appreciate that. At any rate, it's not as simple as this, but it really is kind of like when you have Capella under contract and you just drafted the Congo at six, you, you just cannot take another center. <laughs> Unless it's, Kai Jones like could play with the Congo. Like that's possible to me. Mm-hmm. And that's why you and that's why you can take him, in my view. Yeah, I would not. There's no way. And just talent. I mean, he's really talented in a lot of ways. Um, I know I know you're not super, super duper high on Kai Jones, but at least I have I have oscillated. No, I still like Kai a lot. I think I am starting to the like I don't I, I I give him some I give him some slack because Texas had like four guards and they had Greg Brown who uh cannot pass. So they had they had like too many guys and they had Shaka's offense, which is just dire. But there's a certain point, like his usage was like 12. And it's like, that's, there's almost no track record of guys with that kind of usage being like offensive players in the NBA. And he fouls like, like just unrelenting. So like, there's, it's going to be, it's going to take Kai time to become like a, if he becomes like a good player, the benefit is that he might have the best tools for the draft. So I was going to say he's, he's definitely a, a project that has some downside, but uh, at 20, he becomes quite him and JT Thor. As far as like outside of Mobley is like who the tools guys are in this draft. Oh, I guess. Yeah, I can see that as being, as being the case. Um, we'll, we'll save we'll save the guards for last. I want to ask you about some of the wing options mm-hmm. and a couple of these guys are going to be gone. Uh, I don't know who definitely is going to be gone, but some of them will be, I'm, I'm just going to throw four names at you. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think maybe five. Um, these are not in order. Uh, Kessler Edwards. Chris Duarte, uh, Trey Murphy, and Corey Kispert. Kispert will 100% be gone. I think so, too. Um, um, but, okay, do, do you have an I, – I do see your board here, but do you have – would you consider any of those four for the Hawks at 20? Yeah, Trey. I would probably – I would take Trey. Um, he fits their archetype. He He's another guy, though. I think it, it's – he's an excellent – shooter with his feet planted i think it's still going to take him some time to really become like an off-screen guy which is why maybe 20 is a little high but he is six foot nine legitimately uh is kind of an extremely explosive athlete vertically and just has like i don't know he he has this weird way of moving that's just really he's i was, very I was to gonna watch. say it's uh obviously because of deandre hunter and the hawks he mm. will people mm. will ask me about that comparison um but the odd way of moving is interesting because, you know, the Hunter thing was always like he was kind of a robot in a lot of ways and he kind of mm-hmm. still is like not in a bad way. Just the way that he moved was very calculating and um, they're kind of similar height and they play the same school. And Trey Murphy is not DeAndre Hunter. He's not as good of a prospect as DeAndre Hunter was. Um, even if you didn't like DeAndre Hunter, um, he Murphy's not as good of a prospect. But his jumper is interesting. And I, I, I've latched on what you just said about his. I was surprised when I watched more of him as he kind of floated into the Hawks range. I was like, all right, these guys I got to watch more of. And I had the same takeaway as you about his, his like explosiveness, not 
not always functionally, but he when he gets up, he gets up. Like, like yeah, he can if, actually. If, if you give jump. him, a, if you throw him a lob, he will convert it. He gets way above the rim on those. Yeah, and he's legit. Like like you said, six eight six nine and pretty long. So I don't know. He's a weird one to me. I would certainly consider him at twenty. But what 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 would you be worried about with him if he was your guy? Just the uh, his body type. It's going to be strange to really work around. I don't know. He's. Inside the arc scoring, like creating for himself at all. He is definitely a he is definitely a three D three D role player. Um, I don't know, just like what ceiling is, but at twenty, I mean, it's it's fine. I mean, Tony Snell was a twenty second pick, and it was a fine pick. There's nothing wrong with it. He helped. If you become, if you become a rotation player in the NBA at number twenty overall, that is totally fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I can name a hundred examples of this, but I think there is a trap. Uh, a little bit with Hawks fans because the last two number 19 overall picks were John Collins and Kevin Herter that uh, expectations are going to be very high for this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would stress people. You cannot expect to get John Collins and Kevin Herter at this pick. You just can't. Uh, is that possible? Sure. We've seen it happen now twice, but that's not the baseline at number 20. It's just not. Those guys are above the baseline, which is a good problem because you just, you have them both on the team, but yeah. well, at least one of them and probably the other one. But I just want to stress that, like, you can't bank on nailing every every pick in the mid to late first round the way the Hawks have, uh, except for Mark Spellman, I guess. But alas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duarte, the only reason I think I would shy away from him, although 20, I guess it's not, he's just he's, old. He's 20, he's gonna be 24. Yeah, I mean, we, I, I thought about that. Actually, I want to ask you because how much of a ish, if it, is it just the age? Like, if he was 21, what would you, where would you have a question about Probably like 12, 12, 13. Yeah, so it's, it's there are so some weird. Like he can pass and dribble a little, but I don't know if those are going to be like to starter levels in the NBA. So there's a little bit of like I think he's worse at that stuff than Desmond Bain. He's also really he has, he's really two guard size. Like he's not. It's not. It's not that he can't play the three, but he's he's what six five. Yeah, he's maybe closer to six six, which is um, fine. I mean, it's fine, but it's not like he's he's not Trey Murphy in terms of length. Like he's no. he's he's a kind of a he's training towards being a two. Mm-hmm. Which matters a little bit, I think. But I think I think Dorante is a pretty safe bet to be a, a useful player in the NBA. Yeah, um, Kessler, I think would definitely be around there. I don't think he's going to go. Teams are they don't like his shot. They don't like his his motion. It's so weird. I mean, I, I get why it does not look great, but it's gone in. Forever. The thing about Kessler is he's one of the best wing defenders in this class. That's he actually what I like is. He actually is very much in the DeAndre Hunter archetype, where it's just like kind of moves a little stiffly. Has this kind of like a weird this shot is like there's several motions, like it's kind of strange, but the defense is really good, it's really good, and he's six foot eight and built. And like if you if you just watched if you just watched Kessler Edwards defensive tape, didn't ever watch him shoot and saw the numbers on his shooting, he would go 15th yeah. or higher. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. teams I think are just scaring themselves out because and I get it, it is a it's a weird shot. It is, but it's it's a What's large it? sample size of being good. Yeah, he's a junior. He was a pretty good shooter for three years. I he's one where I can tell you with a certainty I would not criticize them taking him at twenty overall. No, I, I think that might be a little bit high just because of like real life factors of like people just don't seem to have him there. So maybe there's some practicality in like trying to slide back but, if you but, want Kessler but, Edwards. But Slank has proven time and again he he likes if he likes somebody he's taking them. There's no. Yeah, I mean the the only time I said this on a recent podcast too, the only time that I could ever remember Schlank not trading up for a guy that he wanted that badly was was Collins that like, kind of fell in his lap. Like they were surprised that Collins fell to them, and so was I. Like he was supposed to be gone, mm-hmm. and he just kind of fell in their lap, and they took him. But as we saw with Hunter, they went and got him. Um, they were gonna trade up in the Herder draft, and then that deal got fell apart at the, at the final second with Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, so yeah, I think you're right. Schlenk, if he liked, if he thought Kessler was the best player, he would just take him. I, I agree with you on that. Um, he's not a big, like, let's trade down and get value kind of guy. He's not really the no. way he approaches things. He's the anti Sam Presti in that regard. He is definitely, I mean, and I, that's, he's kind of had a couple of like process foibles, but obviously the track record is what it is. Like, he's nailed his evaluations of top 29 picks so far. <laughs> so and I think, I think another good example of, of him being a good, good eye for this kind of talent is that the Warriors have been basically listless. Like they've had no idea what they're doing drafting since he left. So uh, yeah, the, the last 
good pick ended up maybe as Jordan Poole. And that was a weird pick in the moment. Like he's, he's playing better now, but that was an odd pick when they made it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the rest of their picks have not been very good in the post schlank era. So nobody can bat a thousand. So like at some point he's going to miss, like, I- I'm sorry, Hawks fans, he's going to miss on a first rounder at some point because everyone does, but yeah, he's really good at this. It seems like in terms of just like evaluating talent, like process stuff is different, but his scouting stuff is just, uh, it's been nails essentially. So, yep. um, okay. So those are the wings basically, uh, within reason. Cause other guys, like they're not going to get, I guess maybe Zaire Williams might, might get there. Uh, so I'll ask you about him now. Uh, if Zaire was available at 20, I would certainly take him. At least think yeah. about it. Cause he's definitely a project, but the talent level, uh, is good enough. For, did, did you agree he with also, that? Yeah. He also had maybe the unluckiest college season of anyone. Zaire hurt his knee biking, like, like mountain biking. And it was like a sprain and it wasn't, he, he just decided to play through it the year. So he had this huge knee brace on his knee that was obviously hurting him. Then he started, like he started playing better. He was shooting like 38, 39% for a week or so. And then they had a COVID pause. And then I think he had, then he came back and played like one or two games. And then they had, uh, he had a, somebody died in his family and he had to go to the funeral and came back and got stuck in the quarantine, like had to quarantine for two weeks. <laughs> And came back like the day before the regular season ended and then just didn't play in the tournament at all. Back to the tournament. So he had like four things go wrong. And like, he also, the, the his frame, I'm really worried he's going to get hurt a lot. Now, he just could not deal with physicality at all. But he's one of those guys who, this is going to be a weird comparison. He's one of those, actually herders a guy I said this about. Uh, he has that, Pat Mahomes, that Patrick Mahomes thing where like, it just looks different when he shoots. Yeah, I mean, it, it the, looks like it's all. It looks like it's gonna go in every time. The si- and at the and at the size with the release point, like he that, is six nine and shoots easy. It's it's and that's the thing. Like I totally understand if people are scared off by Zaire Williams. Like I would totally get that, and there is some real risk there. Like he he could be out of the league in three years. Like that's not. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, wings always get chances. I mean, yeah, you know what I mean, though. Like in terms yeah. of like functionally, you're right. Like a, a guy with his pedigree of, still in the league. as it was kind of yeah, pretty much exactly. If if you're a five star, six eight guy who can shoot, like you're gonna get chances, but it may just never work. That's definitely mm-hmm. in play. Was but if it does work, he he'd be the only other guy I would consider over Jalen Johnson's for that that fifth spot talent wise. Well, the, the shooting is just so valuable. I mean, if you're if you're yeah. a legit six eight six nine and you shoot the way he does, always with, with the way that he's capable of, it's hard to replicate that. Um, shooting off dribble, shooting left, shooting right off dribble, shooting back like setbacks around screens. Like if he figures his shot out and can get a little more core strength, he's going to be a monster shooter. Well, and the argument he's, also he's a good would defender be, also, and he can pass, and he's huge. He's yeah, gigantic. And the, the argument also would be actually, I want to know what you think about this as sort of a thought exercise. So. There are two, two schools of thought with this, with the Hawks, with Zyra Williams that I've heard and that I've talked about. Like one is they can afford to take the flyer because they're pretty deep right now. Mm-hmm. And because they have a GLT and they kind of, they can kind of, you know, they can play them in college park and see what happens. The the other side would be like, do you think Zyra is a guy who, who needs to play to improve? Because if that's the case, Atlanta oh, will not be a he was, he, he was a big, like he was a big major. He was on, that, that again, he's on. He was on Bronny James's high school team, and he and Ben of Austin were the stars of that team. Yeah, and like he played, he played up, and he played at every competition. He was all over. He just had injury luck, and he just he just needs to gain weight and gain strength. In his and that's league. and that sounds like a guy who could benefit from being in the G League, mm-hmm. like not not a, not the entire season. You don't just sit him there and forget about him. But if you're the Hawks, realistically, if you take Zaire Williams, he's not in your best ten next year like he's not gonna no if, if you're trying to win every night he probably is going to be part of that most of the time and yeah you want to bring him up you don't want to just bury him but he i'm reasonably confident would spend some time in college park he has made he made a mistake several at several high level college recruits have, have made which is going to stanford and thinking that it's like just, they don't really have great facilities anymore like they, they really run down comparatively even to like cal but you know you want to go to the stanford and i don't and that's a, it's a great school yeah i mean if you want to um, it's a, obviously a great institution but it's not a basketball factory no and so i i he's more than anyone i think more than maybe jt thor and maybe uh giddy are those are the, those are the guys who really would benefit incredibly from like actual professional weight training 
What's up with JT Thor? Because JT Thor is, I know he's been, he's been an internet favorite for a long time. Um, what do you make of JT? I mean, he's his stock is like crazy. In terms of like, I, I don't see, I almost can't imagine him making it past any of those Thunder picks, like making it past all of them. Just because they're that's just what they do. And <laughs> JT Thor is legitimately 6'9 and, and is will be a good shooter and is in the argument for the best athlete in this class. That's really the argument for him. The argument against JT Thor is that he sometimes looks like he's never played basketball before. <laughs> <laughs> he is only he's not even 19 yet, though. And like he's the biggest evidence I can have for JT. He only took like 75 threes and he had, I remember six or seven rimming in and out. If he'd made those shots, he would have been like a 33% three-point shooter. And it'd be like, look out for this elite, you know, 6'10 guy who shoots 33% on like, he took legit like step backs, sprinting around screens and stopping hard. He had a uh, like two or three dribble sequence, like between his legs and hit like a, it's like a Kevin Herter has step back is what it looked like. Like he had some legit attempts. Um, but when Sharif Cooper played, he was a 35% three-point shooter. And when Sharif Cooper didn't play, he was like a 22% three-point shooter. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, it, Sharif Cooper is is an elite placement guy. Like, he places the ball where you need to shoot. He's an elite passer, period. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, JT Thor is going to be uh, – he's not going to make it to 20, I don't think, because he's just the – he's. I knew it would happen. He'd get into workouts and – it's it's so wild because I, I I didn't check this I'm I'm really got kind of guessing but I was I I have, I have a recollection of him being like not even on no he was on consensus boards. boards like no, two months ago while, it took me a while to really I didn't watch that much of Auburn at the, at the start of the year because I was mad Sharif wasn't playing so I didn't really catch much of him I knew he was a potential I knew who he was and like I had him on my list and he really popped every Auburn game even when he was missing shots he was just doing wild stuff physically um. He had, and I, I've said this now on two different podcasts. He his three quarter court sprint was faster than John Walls. <laughs> what in the world? Faster that, than is that true? Yes, faster than DJ Augustine's Shabazz Napier. Faster than a lot of guards. If you ever, now, if you watch like if you if, if people that are younger that may not know this, like if you ever if you watch like rookie John Wall run, like that's now, a, uh, a now, you, now with experience. the ball it's probably different, and you can't you you know you can be pretty sure that John Wall was not giving a hundred percent. But even 80%, 80% 20 year old John Wall. Well, that's still absurd. Like, John Wall faster was faster than anyone I've ever met in my life. Right, exactly. That's what makes it sound crazy. But yeah, no, I. Uh, he had a faster three quarter court sprint than Jody Meeks or Darren no, Collison. No, no, Norcross legend. Jody Brandon Meeks. Knight, Shane Larkin, Jordan Bone, who's extremely fast. Uh, it's the same three quarter court sprint that Lonnie Walker had, who was an elite athlete. Yeah, that's, wild. that's wild. I did not know he's that. Six foot 10. Yeah, like. I mean, I believe it now, but I. Uh... Yeah, Thor it's is crazy. A, a, absolutely. He's the closest. He's probably the most elite athlete in this class. Just like numbers, although Mobley is more functional. Green, Green's more functional, but he's up there. He's certainly with those guys. That tracks. Um, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do an exercise. We'll we'll, we'll talk about all these guys at some point, I'm sure. But uh, all the guards are the guys I get talked that I get asked about the most. Mm-hmm. Um, it is I'm, a position to be. They need somebody else. Yeah, I mean, there. yes. I, you don't you don't want to draft for me for three years now. That's the reason why they're asked about a lot. Um, I'm, I'm fine with draft. I mean, drafting for need at twenty is fine if it's a guy who's in that range. You know, I wouldn't be taking. I wouldn't be going down and grabbing like McKinley Wright at twenty or something. No, I, it's just it's more about, and you know this too, but it, it's more about like where the Hawks actually are in their cycle. Like they're they think they're going to be a title contender next year. Mm-hmm. So if you think that. Do you want a rookie like firmly in your rotation next year, like entrenched, like with no other option? Like my my thing I always say is like I'd be surprised if they took a point guard at twenty, and then we're just like our problem is solved for next season. Yeah, I mean they guess they're gonna have Lou. Well, yeah, if it if, if it's Lou and a rookie, like yeah, that totally makes sense. Maybe hope Chris Dunn's body, or yeah, or recovers. if they believe in Chris Dunn or whatever you want to say, but like. My well, only my, not a point guard. I've said that. I totally agree. I totally agree with you. If you watch him dribble in the playoffs, you probably would understand that as well. You can't dribble. Um, but all that to say, my my only like firm point is always like, look, that's the one thing I wouldn't do is draft a guy at 20 thinking that he was now my in all capital letters backup point guard next year by himself. <laughs> that's not a good idea for a well, team. There's, there's, there's there's one guy I would feel that about, but I don't know if he's gonna make it there. Who who's that guy? Drew Cooper. 
Okay, so let's go. Let's go there. So he was on my list. We'll, we'll separate him now because I know you're super high on him. So uh, I'm assuming that if he actually got to 20, you just would take him. Yeah. The problem. The, the the problem with that thought exercise is I don't think he makes it to 19 unless the Knicks make a bunch of moves for point guards. They're going to take him. Well, they should. I mean, yes. Yeah. And also, and also, I want to know what you what you think of this. I've said as a fan of Sharif, even though he's from here. If you're looking out for the high upside of Sharif Cooper, you don't want him to go to Atlanta because he's not going to be able to play. No, that's also true. Yeah. Like they have Trey Young. Like he's, even if you thought those guys could play together, he's not going to become a 35 minute a game player in Atlanta. It doesn't, it's not, there's not a path to that. So I think, I think he'd be interesting at 20. Like if, if it took him at 20, I would totally understand it because like he's the guy of the whole class that could actually play like Trey Young. Like they actually run the same system that they run with Trey Young. Mm -hmm. But, Especially now that Trey has kind of reined in some of his more audacious threes. Yeah, he's still he's still he's still definitely capable of taking, but he's definitely doing that less. He's figured out how to he doesn't have to take like eight of them a game. Yeah. And in fact, like I could think he might he probably should take more threes, which is we're 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 in the spot now where Trey should take more threes, not less, which is a nice place to be, I think, if you're yeah, if you're the Hawks. Um, but okay, talk about Shree, because I know you I know you love him. So um should open the floor. I mean, it's he's the easiest guy to explain to Hawks fans because he is since Trey, he's that level passer, manipulator. Uh, he's he's basically Trey Young, but without him, without, fact, without 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 the shooting safety. He yes. may in fact be better at that stuff than college Trey was. It's tougher because they had more a ta- little more talent on an Auburn team. They didn't have like Brady Manic as a second best player. Um, yeah, who, who was then there for three more years? After yeah, the, now, after he's, now he's now he's going to play at uh, North Carolina this year. Um, uh, but Sharif is just like a, a complete outlier as far as just like v- passing vision, ability to manipulate the ball in space. Um, his his other best attribute is that um, I don't think he has ever played a basketball game in which he couldn't get into the paint whenever he wanted. He's not even like super fast, like not Ish Smith fast, but he has the change of pace. It's a, he was a twenty two percent three point shooter, and he still got into the paint at will. The second, his first game was against Alabama and he was killing. They couldn't stop him getting in the paint. It didn't, it did not matter what they did. Um, he's got good photo touch. I mean, the defense is like, he's a six foot point guard. There's just, it's only so good you can be. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very, it's very bad, but like how much, how much do you care about that is uh, up for debate. The benefit for him, a guy like that is he's very strong for a little guy. Yeah, Sharif is is just a freak passer. Like he makes passes I've never seen people make. I, I've talked about this one a lot. He had one, I want to say he's in South Carolina, maybe, but he has one where he he sets up in the middle and kind of points out to the corners and just runs like a simple, it's almost like a Spain pick and roll. And when he comes around, comes around to the left, he rejects it and comes back around the other side to the center of the court. It's either he sees that the third guy is collapsing or he just guesses, but he basically stops like does a hard pivot, does a full pirouette in the air and fires a perfect pocket pass to the corner shooter who missed the three. <laughs> but it was like the most ridiculous pass I've ever, it's one of the most ridiculous passes I've ever seen a college player make. And he made it like he was rotating the ball on the perimeter, like the simplest pass in the world for him. He's got um, an ability I, I didn't even think existed before I was watching him where he throws, depending on what player it is, he throws to the lobs differently. So if it's like JT Thor, he just throws it up to the ceiling or like Alan Flanagan, he was just like, hey, go get it, have fun. But there are some big plotting guys he played with and he would throw, uh, he, instead of throwing entry passes low, he would throw them tw- like rising up towards the rim. So all those guys had to do was catch it and put it over the top. And I've never really seen like that kind of passing. It is, again, I'm going to do the home thing, but it is like that weird, like it just it zips out of his hand. He's an ambidextrous passer, like easily. He's there's basically nothing. You, the only consider the only possible flaw you can have him as a passer is that he is very short. Yeah. Sometimes you can't see over guys, but like I mean, it hasn't hurt Chris Paul. Well, or Trey. I mean, that's one of the things yeah. about Trey. Like, it's it's even more amazing that he is an, an elite, elite, elite passer at that size. It's just it's yeah. harder to do. But yeah, the processing speed is a very similar for both of them, where they just see, they guess. I don't know if it's guess or no where, where a guy's going to go, and they're able to make these extremely pinpoint passes. The dump off passes are very similar. He's got ones where he takes in one dribble in, brings the ball up like he's going to shoot, and then fires it back down as a bounce pass between guys under guys' legs. And stuff. it's just a freak passer, like way above the like way off the charts, good. And was like an extremely productive scorer. 
got he gets he didn't even get calls that he should have gotten. He got to the line. Uh, I I think the fans of Missouri wanted to kill him. He was like he, I think he took like nineteen or twenty free throws in college. Sounds, like, sounds like a guy on the Hawks right now. Yeah, <laughs> that guys don't get like guys get pummeled. Like you get pummeled in the SEC. They don't call anything. He got to the line like crazy. He's just not. He's different now. The shot is better. Like I think he's improving. I've seen workout stuff where he's not leaning back as much. He just has one of those jump. Like he's never had shoot before in his life. So he just no, never I mean, knew how. It's the biggest – it's clearly the biggest question. I mean, the defense is just what it is. Like, I don't really – I mean, it matters that he's terrible, but how much it matters, whatever. Yeah. That – your evaluation with Sharif is basically, do you think he can shoot? Because if he can if he can shoot, then he's, a, he's a, like, the conserva- real conservatively a lottery pick. And it's like you said, this is why it doesn't matter as much for the Hawks. The real question with Sharif is, yeah, can he shoot well enough to be your guard, like be the guy? Yeah, if you I mean, think if you think you can make work that into it, then he he is a he is a top eight player in the draft. I I tend to that's why I said even even conservatively he'd be a lottery pick. And like you said, there at twenty, he can be worth that pick without shooting, because yeah, I, I think he still can be a quality NBA rotation player without without shooting. I've compared him a lot to Trey, and that's an obvious comparison. The other one I want the other thing I want to say is that he is the second player since. I think it's 2000. This basically the second player in second college player to have 50, a 50 free throw rate and a 50 assist rate. The other one is sophomore John Morant. That's it. Just just those two guys. Uh, Yeah. That's a pretty good company company to be in. Yeah. Um, No, I mean, I I knew you love, I know you love Sharif and he's kind of in a different category. He's like, aesthetically, he's my favorite player in this class, but well, he's he's also, I was about to say, I'm about to ask you about bones too, but, Sharif gets compared to these guys for Hawks purposes because they're in the same range, but he's he's just different compared to the rest of them, just mm. skill set wise, and just mm. what you're looking for. Um, anyway, I'm gonna throw a few names at you now that are like often mocked in this range. Um, I'm gonna ask you two questions. You can follow mm. these away in your brain. One of what one of them is who you would prefer out of this group for the Hawks as like if you had to pick one. And the other question is, how many of them would you take at twenty if they were if like if they okay. were the best player available? Uh, they're all guards. Um, Jared Butler, now that he's cleared. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned Bose Highland, uh, Trey Mann, and Miles McBride. Those are the four guys that I will ask you about now. Uh, I would probably take Bones. I don't know the Butler. I would take Butler personally for the Hawks. Yeah. Bones, if he hits, is going to be like quickly or Lou Williams, but like a hyper version maybe of that, like the current Lou Williams, not like classic Lou. Um, it, 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 do, it depends. Do they want, because I think Butler could play with Trey. Butler's huge. He's like six, he's like 200 pounds. Well, and that's one of the reasons I like Butler the best is the um, versatility of it. Bones, I suppose, could play with Trey. Like you just have to, because the thing is, he's a very smart defender and he's got good, great length. Um, with Bones, though, you would just be like, basically do, doing the battle of Britain on people who just be bombing them. Cut. Like, <laughs> you no, know, that, that is an alert to it. Like, yep. Let's say does. you put, uh, I don't know, whoever at the five was like Capella just for, you know, purpose. and you can have Hunter Herder bones, Trey, like uh, as three points, you're going to, I don't know how you guard that. Like you're going to get bombed on bones is a freak shooter. Um, He's got like the best, like some of the weirdest combos into dribbles and has like a curry level quick release. Um, he's like a legendary street ball player when he was a teenager. And then he uh he wasn't really like a big recruit. He would because he played in Wilmington, Delaware, which is like not a small town, but you know, not like a hotbed of recruiting. Right. Nowhere in that like that north. It's the same thing for baseball. It's like it's one of the reasons Mike Trout fells that he, like scouts don't want to go to New Jersey in March. Like, why would you gross um but bones bones had a uh he's also I, i'm really his his given name is nishan and his, his streetball name is busy bones because he's six three and like he was like 140 pounds at that point and he actually had uh he was in a house fire with his i think it was his grandmother and i think his brother died he jumped from a second or third story window and tore his patellar tendon and missed year and a half of basketball and didn't start playing again until it was like February or March of his senior year. 
and and averaged like 48 points a game for the like two weeks. So he managed to get like Michigan was looking at him like a couple teams, but VCU offered him pretty quickly. And he went there and was pretty good as a freshman, like was a good shooter, good off ball shooter. And then really like gained enough weight. I don't mean not weight, strength. I don't know if he can gain weight. He has like his Durant body. But he was a nuclear shooter off the dribble at VCU this year. And it's VCU, which is a good, you know, it's a good school, but they didn't really have any other scores. They they actually had a bunch of younger guys coming in. So he was the threat. And he had some 35, 36, 38 point games this year. My biggest regret is that they had they got ruled out of that tournament game because they're gonna yep. play LSU, I think. And he he might have gone. He might he would have had he would have been he would have had the run of Max Aces had, I think. Of just like Aces is the only while guy while in the being much better. <laughs> yeah, taller. In terms of um, like prospect status, I mean. Yeah, he's um, an incredible shooter. He has some of the most fluid. I guess this is where Butler comes in because they both have like they're the two guys in this class and Andre Mann actually, who can string together seven, eight, nine dribbles easily and pull up on anybody and just have that kind of game breaking shooting. Butler's a little a lot more conservative than those yeah. guys. Like he he's more methodical and like kind of takes advantage. Butler's like a role awesome player. I mean, Butler's a role player and he knows yeah. it, which is I like that quality. I mean, I don't, not everybody yeah. will, but I I I think that's valuable. Yeah. But Bones Bones is coming in to shoot. Yeah, well and. And Trey Mann's definitely more of a, you know, more of an on-ball, you know, creator yeah. type yeah. than yeah. Jared Butler is. Um, and then you get into McBride, who's, you know, the defensive well, pass. Funny thing, actually, is. Deuce is not a very good dribbler. He's not a playmaker, but Deuce is, Deuce is Miles McBride. Uh, he can yes. shoot. He's a polo shooter. He can shoot. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, all, all four of them have some interesting offensive. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not I'm, – I'm grouping them together because those – I just ask about them all the time, and they're all similarly sized and all that yeah. stuff. Um, Trey but, is like 6'4", but Trey is very – doesn't have long arms, so it functionally is pretty close. And also, place. didn't he grow like two inches in the last year? Like, wasn't he like 6'2"? Nah, he was like 6'3", 6'4", so he grew like an inch, inch and a half. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I, my, my, my view is that the Hawks definitely do not have to take a point guard but they also have several options that they could take is like kind of what I say. Like personally, I would not be upset if they drafted any of those four guys at 20. The thing is, I think that Butler's the only one who's going to be like a point guard in the NBA, like run offense, man is going to be like a pocket scorer. Bones well, and it's all about what you want. I mean, that's the thing. there's yeah. this great debate about what the Hawks should want in that role. And, Deuce and, and, is going to be more like uh, Patrick Beverly, where it's like not really a point guard, but, Pace and ace defense shoots threes. But with the Hawks, if you have enough, throws himself you have enough people. perimeter creation, like that works on some level. Like if you buy Herder, you buy Hunter as creators, like maybe that works. I'm pretty sure know. they I'm pretty sure they played together. Deuces uh went to the same high school as Jackson Hayes, and I think they were both on the football team at one point. Jackson Hayes by football is a nice visual for me. Yeah, he did, he did until he grew too tall. Like, I, believe, I, I believe you. Uh his dad was the uh uh, he was the head coach of one of the XFL teams. He was a tight ends coach. Yeah, he played. I know, I know. He, I know. He, didn't he play in the league too? Yeah. yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's tight ends coach. I knew he was around football. It just was uh, funny. I think, think the entire Marvin Lewis tenure, he was the tight end coach. <laughs> Marvin Lewis was Jonathan Hayes there for a long time. Um, I don't know. It's. I guess. If you had to pick one, you go I Bones. Bones. I would go Bones or Butler. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, I, I would lean Butler, but I I totally see what you're where you're coming from. I guess before I let you get out of here, I. I have to ask you like this kind of the same question. I think the answer is going to be Jaden Springer if he somehow gets to Hawks, <laughs> but I think with, with every passing day, it seems less likely to me that he gets to 20. I know you have Springer uh, obscenely high. So I assume that's uh, only reason why I haven't talked about him with you a lot is that we I've been doing that recently with both PD and Ben Pfeiffer. They both went <laughs> crazy on Jaden to, to beat you to the punch. <laughs> and in a second, I'll be doing locked on Jaden Springer podcast. I feel like, but um, I know you love him. So go ahead. If you'd like, to. it's not even love. It's just like, like there, he's not the most aesthetically pleasant basketball. That's the biggest reason I think he's fallen on a lot. He's just kind of he's a two foot jumper. He can be kind of plodding, but he's a tank. Jaden Springer is a tank, uh, and he's the best. Like he and Josh Primo are kind of two. They're both super young, and Josh Primo's can shoot and is young and is tall, but like isn't that good at other stuff. And Springer is good, good at everything. He's good at everything. I mean, I guess he has to settle for mid range shots, but I honestly. A lot of me, like it's Tennessee. Tennessee's offense was dire. I think he's not going to have that much of a problem with that in the NBA. Um, he's super shifty. He's super powerful. He can shoot. Although the the 
the uh, volume is a little concerning. And Jaden Springer is an extremely good perimeter defender. He harasses people. He's just not like 18-year-olds don't look like he does. And he is 18, and I think he will continue to be 18 for a few more weeks. I remember correctly. Let me look that up really quick. Yeah, he is very young. Yeah, until late September, he turns 19. No, I I mean, he's... He's been my stock answer recently of like best case scenario. This mm-hmm. guy falls. He's he would be the well, answer he's a, for me. He's a perfect pivot tray. That's what I mean. Like I'm not as high as, on him as you and I think PDR, but like that isn't to say that I'm not high on him because I think he's a lottery pick for sure. And if that means if you, if you combine lottery talent with the fit that I think he would be in Atlanta, like if he got somebody gets to 20, like you just take him. But I think it's less likely now. I mean, all, even the even the Intel guys like Sam Massini was like it's not happening basically like yeah, he's gonna yeah. he's gonna he's gonna go before then and he should i mean that i can't be upset about that because like, it's a great workouts yeah yeah so. he's the, the important thing about Jaden. he is I, you know sometimes draft people can over we can overview overlook age or like overestimate age as like a determinant factor he is almost five years younger than davion mitchell with five years almost hold on <laughs> is that true he, i know i'm sorry no, i'm sorry ancient. Four, Four years and like three weeks. Sorry, a little over four years older. Yeah, I mean, I, I there Probably is a separate. The only reason why I did not bring up David Mitchell is because uh, I th- you and I generally agree on him. Uh, number one, and also he is going to be gone. Like whether he should be go- whether he should be or not is a different question. But he's going to be gone by the time Hawks. It's not so. even a question for me. Me with Davion, it's not even. I mean, there are some real questions with his shooting. Like how actually sustainable is it? But Davion is very good. He's just very small. Yeah. Um, the real thing with Davion is just I just don't, I'm not taking 22 year old in the lottery. Basically, never worked. And it would be different if he was a perfect prospect that was also mm-hmm. 22. But mm-hmm. he's he's mm-hmm. also not like there's it's not just the age. Like the shooting is a legitimate concern. I think. Like I know I know he made threes this year, but yeah, free throw shooting yeah, I think is not, I think never been good. Pretty- and it's just you know I'm not saying it's gonna be bad or anything. I just. Yeah, there's too many questions, but that's why I didn't include him on the list because like he's there's no practical no, he'll reason to. Yeah. He'll be gone. Okay, if there's not anybody else besides, I think Springer would be the answer. So you're not you're not you're not allowed to say Springer. Best best case scenario at 20 for the Hawks is who? Non Springer division. Uh, see, Giddy's not going to be there. He will not. No, I, I I have veto power over guys being there or not. <laughs> on this discussion. Jalen Johnson makes it there. You you have to take Jalen Johnson. I don't think he will. Yeah, like uh, Giddy's not going to be there. Zaire, I guess, would be a worst case, a good best case. Also, yeah, I mean, it's funny. I, I keep my answer is basically those guys generally, mm-hmm. and like, mm-hmm. and I, I do think if you just examine the board and kind of what usually happens, there's a decent chance that one of those guys drops. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're gonna, but somebody usually drops five spots further than you think they're gonna, or maybe it's Kai Jones. Maybe it's just there's somebody that's gonna go further than we think they're gonna go. I don't know who that's gonna be but maybe it's Garuba. I don't know. Maybe it's, I mean, it won't, it won't be Keon now that he tested that way, but. It should have been anyway. No, I agree. But I, I thought there was, you know, he, for a while there, he was way too low on boards. And I was like, oh, Keon Johnson's like really low now. And then he jumped out of the gym and it's like, oh, okay, back to 14 or whatever he is. Yeah, um, he, did, he did KCP testing numbers. So it's just like, that's not a unnatural yeah. athlete. So, I mean, we talked about all the guys, but is there a bad pick for the Hawks of guys like that you think could like possibly go that high? See, I don't know about 20. Like, it's hard to have, like, a bad pick. Um, who'd, be your, who'd, be your, who'd be your least favorite practical pick for the Hawks? I don't even know. Let me get my... Mine's probably, like, if you won't let me take a set... If it's not, like, Isaiah Jackson, I have a hard time figuring out who the guy is that I would, like, really, really not like. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah. Short of, short of centers, it's, like, difficult for me to find a guy who is a consensus top 30 prospect that I would, like, viscerally react, react to. Yeah, which is a nice like, place have, to be. Like Brandon Boston, I would understand because the guy's still I, extremely talented. I agree. Um, I wouldn't take him, but I, I would get it. Um, it would have to be like Daron, and I like Daron. Like, even like even Cam Thomas is like not my guy at all, but like I would at least understand he has the a skill process. Set. Yes. I'm trying to I'm looking I'm looking at the board right now. Yeah, I've said this before, I'll just say it again now. Like there's not really a guy that's other than the centers that I would be like, nope, don't do that. There I have my own, I have my preferences, but I yeah. get it with pretty much all of them, which is that's that's the advantage of being the Hawks where they are right now. It's just like mm-hmm. they have free reign to do a lot of different things if they'd like to do a lot of different things, yeah. which is good. If it's if it's a wing, if it's Zaire, there's no pressure to play him right away. Cool. <laughs> there's a uh, Jalen Johnson just on, on talent bet. Sure. Or even lower upside guys if you want to go with 
Butler, or you want to go with Trey Murphy or whoever like that. They all kind of mix. Duarte even at 20 is fine. Like, That's fine. Yeah. Duarte's good. He's good at basketball. I agree. Well, Brian, you give me a lot of time as always. I appreciate mm-hmm. you. I'm not going to make you do uh, as we did, as we did last year. I, I, I somehow convinced you to do like seven individual player breakdowns or maybe more <laughs> than that. Maybe, maybe 10. We had so, we had so much time. This year we don't have a lot of time, which is yeah. And I'm busy. I'm very busy the next like ten days. Well, it's crazy. Well, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure you are. And also, I I had a very late start on the at least for the podcast because I couldn't do draft podcast in in May of this year. There was playoff games, so it was yep. like, like seems a bit seems kind of seems kind of silly to be like, all right, Dick's game three and Jared Butler. I can't really do that. So no, all all that to say, thank you for coming on. Uh, yep. Plug your stuff one more time, your, your Patreon, which I follow, et cetera. That's Brian J NBA is my Patreon. I couldn't remember what I, what I renamed it to. And then, yeah, Brian J Draft is my Twitter. You can find Brian. I'll, I'll also link to things in the description. And I recommend all that. I'm a, I'm a patron of Brian's. Uh, if he's on anything, you should be reading it, slash watching it, slash listening to it. Thanks, sir. I appreciate you coming on. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe uh, we'll talk around Summer League because I know you're a, you're a diehard like I am about Summer League. So maybe we'll yep, I'll be going unless I cancel it or something. Hopefully, yeah, knock on wood, they will not do that. But um, I was uh, being a little, I mean, I just bought my hotel ticket, so I definitely hope they don't. Oh, yeah, my hotel, be a... my hotel, yeah. There you go. Well, well, Although I guess crossed. if it got canceled, I could get a refund, but still. Probably so. But probably talking again, I'll, I'll convince you to come on again, but I, I sincerely appreciate the time, my friend.